Welcome to The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. The name of this program is taken from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Here the writer directed his readers to focus on the main thought or essence of a particular section of the word. He writes that in all that is being said, there is a chief point. We encourage you to listen, follow along with your Bible, and ask yourself, what is the chief point? During this program, our phone lines will be open for questions, fellowship, or prayer. Feel free to give us a call at 773-478-0550. Let's begin our program tonight by opening our hearts to the Lord as we listen. Good evening, and welcome again to the Chief Point. My name is Marty Robert, and with me again tonight is Jeff Fern. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Marty. Well, the last couple times we were together, Jeff, we were speaking about the matter of sonship in the book of Galatians. And we saw that God has a goal on his heart, and that is to produce many sons like the firstborn son. And we saw that uh, even from eternity past, he predestinated us unto sonship. Then when he created us in time, we were created in his image so we could be his many sons to express him. Amen. Then he redeemed us in Galatians chapter 4, it says he redeemed us unto sonship. So that we see that was his goal. Now today we know that he is working in us, he is growing in us to bring us unto maturity as the full sons of God. Well, last time we mentioned that one of the uh, goals of sonship is that the sons would express their father. Mm -hmm. And we'd have to ask the question, how does this take place? And tonight, uh, this brings us to our topic tonight, and we know that how can we as the sons of God express our father God, and that is by walking according to the Spirit or walking by the Spirit. In fact, uh, in Romans 8.14, it says, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Amen. So this matter of walking in spirit really makes the matter of sonship very real or practical. So tonight uh, we'd like to go through uh, Galatians chapter 5 and just go through verse by verse. If you have your Bible, you might like to open to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 16 and go right through verse 26. Uh, so we'll go verse by verse. So let's start, Jeff, in verse 16. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, first of all, we know that there's quite a contrast presented here in these verses. Paul is giving us a contrast of a person walking either by the Spirit or walking according to the lust of the flesh. And we know that the matter of walking is really where we all are every day. This is mm -hmm. just how we live, how we move, how we conduct ourselves, and just in our daily life. And uh, this is really, you could say, where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. You know, we can hear wonderful things uh, in our uh, meetings together as believers. We can read the Bible. We can have our own time with the Lord. But where we really... Uh, have more difficulty is really in our daily life where we need to express our Father and that's in all our living and our habits and we know this gets into how we speak uh, in our attitudes in uh, 
all our living, both at home with our wives, our children, Mm -hmm. and even in the way we drive and so many practical things in our daily life. Marty, this is the situation, I think, of every Christian, that once we receive Christ into us, we want the reality of Christ lived out of us. And to have Christ lived out of us, the New Testament tells us we need to walk by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But how do we walk by the Spirit? You know, this is a common complaint of non-believers to Christians. They say, you talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? And so this is our desire as believers, to live out Christ, to have a Christ-filled life, and so that others could see Christ in us. So Paul comes to this important matter of walking by the Spirit. I'd like to just comment real quickly, Marty, that in Galatians, Paul didn't even speak about the Spirit, either the human spirit or the Holy Spirit, until chapter 3 of Galatians. Chapter 1 and 2, he never mentioned the Spirit. But in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, he said, Did you receive the Spirit? So the matter of sonship is still related to our spirit being the dwelling place of the Spirit of God or the resurrected Spirit of Jesus Christ. So this is how we have a walk according to the Spirit. Then, of course, also in Galatians 4, 6, the chapter before this, it talks about we have received the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of sonship in our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So the first part of walking by the Spirit is having a spirit that is mingled And this is our desire, to walk according to the Spirit. You know, Jeff, in verse 16, when it says walk by the Spirit, actually, in the original Greek language, there's no article, the. Hmm. So you could just read it, walk by Spirit. And also, in the original Greek, there's no, uh, like we have in our English Bibles, either a small s spirit or capital S spirit. So uh, we know that the Bible, the New Testament, clearly defines uh, there is some distinction between the human spirit, the small s spirit, and the Holy Spirit, or the divine spirit, capital S spirit. Amen. So which one is it talking about here in this verse? It's hard to say. It just tells us walk by spirit. You could say it's talking about both, or you could call it a mingled spirit. Mm-hmm. We know that the, the spirit is the... You, you could say the ultimate realization of the triune God. How Amen. is God expressed today? At one time, he was expressed in this man, Jesus, while he was living and serving on this earth. Mm-hmm. But after his death and resurrection, we know today that the Lord is available. Even the, in Corinthians says, now the Lord is, is that spirit. spirit. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling in our spirit. And when we walk by the spirit within our spirit, uh, this is what Paul was talking about, walking by the spirit. Mm -hmm. If we walk in this way, we shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think we all have some experience when we are walking by the spirit, enjoying the spirit of life in our human spirit. Then we know that there's just no way that the flesh can come out. Because Mm -hmm. we're regulated from within. Amen. If we're getting ready to say something or have some attitude that we know is not the Spirit, the Holy Spirit indwelling our spirit gives us a little sense, a little feeling. Mm -hmm. Don't say that or don't go there or don't watch this. This is the regulating by the Spirit in our spirit. Amen. You know, Marty, you made me think of the verse in Romans chapter 8. It says, The Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit. So here we have a verse that clearly makes it known to us that there is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, and our human spirit, witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. Again, this matter of sonship and walking by the Spirit begins with a human spirit that has been regenerated by the divine spirit. Many Christians are under the fallacy that once they receive 
a new birth in Christ, that their sin nature goes away. Mm -hmm. Well, we know according to the Bible this is not true. We still have the lust of the flesh. We still have a flesh that is possessed by sin and is capable of sin. But we have a regenerated spirit. We have a spirit that is now indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And this Holy Spirit of God is the resurrected spirit of Jesus Christ seeking a holy living in our life. So we do have a mingled spirit, but we also have a flesh. So back to our point, we want to be ones who walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. Right. Verse 17 says, For the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these oppose each other, that you would not do the things that you desire. This sounds very close to Paul's experience in Romans 7. Mm -hmm. He desired to live in a certain way. But he found that there was something dwelling in him, the sin in his flesh, that always brought him down uh, to not be able to do the things that he desired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, last last week, uh, Jim and Frank were talking a little bit about the seven items of the fallen man. Wow. And they mentioned that, you know, we all have sin in our flesh mm-hmm. and this uh, produces sins in all the deeds that come forth. There's a matter of Satan dwelling in the world and even in the fallen man. There's the flesh. We know that the flesh is really the both the evil passions mm-hmm. in our desires and also even the good flesh that is striving, trying to keep the law. Then there's the natural man and the old man. All of these are different descriptions of the fallen life of the old man, the fallen man of sin and death. So in Either way, whether it's the good flesh inclining to strive and try and keep the law or the old sinful fallen flesh, uh, either way, the flesh is lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's like a war going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two are just in conflict with, with one another. So uh, Paul says in verse 18, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Amen. What a wonderful verse. Let me read it again. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. As soon as a believer realizes that he has a new life, and he realizes that he still has the potential to sin, and in fact does sin, even though we can confess our sins to the Lord and get cleansing, we're still irritated by the sin that manifests itself in our human living. So the first response of many believers is that I'm going to determine to do better. I'm going to make up a pledge. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to submit myself to the law of God. And the mind says, I can do this. I'm capable of doing this. I'm educated. I'm smart. I know I'm doing something wrong. I want to please God. So I'm going to get under the law. I'm going to put a law on my flesh. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we find out that this doesn't work. And Paul brings this right into this verse. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And the law does not remove the works of the flesh. Only one thing can keep us from the works of the flesh, and that is avoiding the flesh entirely and living by the Spirit. Lord Jesus, we want to live by the Spirit. Amen. Well, it's really true, Jeff, what you mentioned. I think most Christians have a desire to live an overcoming life. Amen. Not to be under the ruling and the reigning of sin in their life. Uh, But sometimes we go to the wrong source. Many Christian groups set up a certain rules and right. uh, determine, you know, Christians shouldn't drink, Christians shouldn't smoke, we shouldn't go to dances or parties, or, you know, and you can come up with a list of things that we should do or should not do. But actually, quite often, this just brings us under the law. Right. 
But uh, the Lord's way presented by Paul in this verse is we need to be led by the spirit. We need to enjoy the spirit in our spirit, be supplied by the spirit and there, in, in a sense, be freed to live by the sense of the indwelling spirit that is within us. So then in verse 19 through uh, 21, Paul describes all the different works of the flesh. And we read these before as believers, and we know that it's kind of ugly presentation of the fallen old man. But in these verses, you can really see kind of three categories of fleshly expressions. Mm -hmm. Some are related to the fallen body, all the even evil passions within the body, like fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, bouts of drunkenness, carousings, and things like these. Then Paul uh, relates some of the fallen expressions to the fallen soul. And that is uh, with the evil moods that sometimes people can get. And that involves the enmity uh, within our heart or within our soul towards, towards others. Then it comes up with strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, even the factions, division, sex, and envies. And we know that this is not only manifested among the unbelievers, even right. the believers sometimes, we'd have to say, get into this realm with all these evil moods mm-hmm. and create divisions. Then uh, the third category is related to the deadened spirit, and that is um, really in, in darkness, more related to the demonic worship. And that involves idolatry and sorcery. So you can see all three parts of our being, our body, our soul, and our spirit, are involved with the corrupted evil flesh. And Paul then gives us a really strong warning in verse 21 at the end of this. He said, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a great topic. Maybe we'll get into that topic more in the future. But uh, just as a warning that if we live and walk according to the flesh, we're going to not be able to have the reward in the next age of living and reigning with Christ. And Marty, as you read those verses about the flesh, it makes us fearful. It makes us want to run to the Spirit. So we go back to our beginning verse, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, when we come back from our break, maybe we can get into verse 22 about the fruit of the Spirit. Looking for a Bible? Come to Chicago Bibles and Books right off the Kennedy Expressway on the northwest side of Chicago. We carry everything from the smallest Venice Bibles to ones with the largest print. We have Bibles in many versions in over 25 languages. Whether you need a study Bible for yourself or a gift Bible for a friend or relative, we can help you find just the right one. Come see us at Chicago Bibles and Books, 3931 West Irving Park Road, or give us a call at 773-478-0550. You can also visit us at our website at biblesandbooks.com. Welcome back to the Chief Point. We're studying Galatians chapter 5 and we're up to verse 22. Before we start, uh, come to that verse, Jeff, I'd like to remind all our listeners again that if you're enjoying this fellowship uh, over the radio, we'd like to let you know that we have the same kind of rich fellowship every Lord's Day morning 
at 10 a.m., uh, we have a new meeting place at 3915 West Irving Park Road. That's right off the Kennedy Expressway around Irving Park and Pulaski. And we'd like to welcome all our listeners. You're mm-hmm. more than welcome to come and join us mm-hmm. on the Lord's Day morning at 10. And also, we'd like to let each one know that our phone lines are open right now and will be for a half hour or so. Uh, if you'd like to call in and fellowship, you maybe have a question about some of these verses we're going through, or you'd simply like to pray with someone or uh, have something in your own life you'd like to discuss, you can call one of our counselors. Our phone line is now open at 4780550. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jeff, let's come to verse 22. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Amen. peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And um, maybe I, I understand you have a little tune to this verse. Maybe you can sing it for us. Well, Marty, I had a hard time remembering what the fruit of the Spirit was whenever I'd quote these verses, so I made a little tune. The audience will just have to bear with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Actually, I think that's, this is one of the ways that we can really touch the Spirit and walk in the Spirit is by singing, by Amen. enjoying the Spirit. So uh, this verse says that there is a fruit of the Spirit. It's Amen. interesting. This is in contrast in verse 19. It says there are works of the flesh. So works sounds like a, like a factory putting out all the different uh, manifestations of the fallen man. And we're all familiar, too familiar with the works of the flesh. Amen. But we know here it mentions the fruit. I think this is really a matter of something growing in, in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could mention uh, something about this growth. Well, Marty, again, it's back to the initial Christian experience of receiving Christ. And the next morning after we receive the Lord or after we're baptized, we wake up and we think things are going to be different now. I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm never going to say a bad word. I'm not going to look at a bad thing and a whole list of things we're not going to do. And then suddenly we realize that we still have a flesh and we need to be led by the Spirit. But the Spirit of God comes into us as a seed and the Christian life is a life of growth. So over a period of time, we look for the manifestation of this growth in life. And our expectation should be to have more of Christ lived out of us, more of his maturity in our being. But new believers should not be discouraged in the beginning stages that they're not manifesting the fruit of the Spirit 24-7. What we need to do is be ones who are feeding this new life in us, watering it, giving it the Word of God, prayer, fellowship, every aspect to make the seed of life in us grow. And so ultimately, when a seed grows into a tree or into a plant, eventually you get the fruit. And we should note that this is the fruit of the Spirit that looks just like Jesus Christ. Right. Because the love, joy, peace, these are definitions and attributes of our Savior. He was the good one. He was the kind one. He is the long-suffering one. And so as we live by the Spirit of Jesus Christ in our spirit, we will ultimately manifest all of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. These uh, expressions, all these wonderful attributes, the fruit of the Spirit, I think it's something that we all desire to manifest Amen. in our Christian life. But sometimes, you know, there's a, some confusion and even teaching among believers that mm-hmm. now that you're a Christian, you should exercise to manifest 
a certain kind of Christian living by uh, all these kind of fruits that are described here, or the fruit, sorry, that is described here in these all these different aspects. But we know that this is really not something of our natural virtues. Amen. Our natural virtues we do have, but we know that after a while uh, we realize they're somewhat empty without the real substance of the Spirit indwelling us and the Spirit growing us. So you're Amen. right, the more the Spirit grows in us, the more this fruit is produced and these manifestations, uh, this fruit of the Spirit begins to come forth in all our walk and all our living. Amen. Then verse 24 goes on and says, But they who are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its lust. Well, we know that there are some verses in the Bible, like Romans 6, it says our old man has been or was crucified on the cross. Then Galatians 2.20, we talked about this earlier, I have been crucified with Christ. So there is the fact uh, what took place at the Lord's death, our old man was crucified. Then there's our practical experience, and this is where we are all at day by day. And this is carried out every time we open to the Spirit in our spirit. There's the putting to death Mm. of the practices of our lustful body with all of its evil members. Okay, let's go on to verse 25, Jeff. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Praise the Lord for this verse. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Marty, as you were talking about the fruit of the Spirit, I was also considering the verse in Ephesians that we want to be filled in Spirit. And as our time comes to a close here tonight, here in a few minutes, we'd like to talk a little bit about if we're going to walk by the Spirit and live by the Spirit, we need to know our human spirit. Our human spirit is the dwelling place of God. He who is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. The Bible makes it clear that when Christ came into us, He came into our human spirit. The human spirit is the container for the divine spirit. So how can we live by the spirit? We can live by the spirit by giving the spirit more power, more authority, more control in our life by being filled in our spirit. And so in Ephesians 5, it talks about, but be filled in spirit. And the next verse in Ephesians 5, 19 says, speaking to one another Mm -hmm. in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and psalming with your heart to the Lord. Did you ever see that? Verse 18 in Ephesians 5 says, Be filled in spirit, comma, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and psalming with your heart to the Lord. And the next verse says, giving thanks. So there are many ways that our human spirit can be filled up. When we wake up in the morning, we're dead, we're dry, we're empty. But the way to ignite the Holy Spirit in our spirit is to be filled up in our spirit by exercising our spirit, speaking to one another the word of God, singing hymns, singing songs, and speaking to the Lord from our heart all the day long and giving thanks. In this way, we can be filled with our spirit, and this facilitates us walking and living by the Holy Spirit. That's good. You know, earlier we covered Galatians 3, 5, and it says that the Lord is bountifully supplying Amen. to us the Spirit. Amen. Now, in Galatians five twenty five, it says, if we live by the Spirit. Mm. I understand this word here means if we have life and live by the Spirit, then we'll be able to walk by the Spirit. So this matter you bring up, Jeff, is really crucial. Having life and living by the Spirit is a description of a person who is really dependent Upon the Spirit, He is Amen. being supplied day by day. Mm. This is really uh, like a gradual process we know in our human mm. life. Mm-hmm. We need to breathe and eat and drink every day, little by little. Amen. Uh, this reminds me of a hymn. 
by a wonderful hymn writer, A.B. Simpson. He says, I am breathing every moment, drawing all my life from thee. Breath by breath, I live upon thee. Lord, thy spirit, breathe in me. So having life and living by the spirit really supplies us to give us an ability to walk by the spirit. Then verse 26 kind of concludes this section, says, let us not become vainglorious, provoking one another, envying one another. Uh, This little... A verse here kind of gives us a little indication or a little test showing that are we walking in vainglory or provoking or envy? Then we're not walking in the Spirit. So uh, if we live and are supplied and have life by the Spirit, we will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Marty, as we come to a close of our broadcast tonight, we just want to summarize these verses in Galatians 5 by pointing out that if we are enjoying the supply of the Spirit, then we are able to walk by the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I'd like to just read Galatians 5.16 as we close. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Tune in again next week as we continue our Bible study and discussion on The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. If you enjoyed the program tonight, we would like to hear from you. For questions, discussion, or simply to pray, our lines are now open at 773-478-0550. Again, 773-478-0550.